The University of Kansas Health System is proud to be the official healthcare provider of the Kansas City Current. From youth athletes to the pros, we put player care first to turn their dreams into reality. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com slash kccurrent. Testosterone? What do you mean? All guys lose their edge when they turn 40. The body has less testosterone. That's why I take Nugenics Total T. I've heard about Nugenics. That really works? Since I started taking Nugenics, I'm lifting like when we played for Coach Carter. I feel more energized at work. It's even spiced up things between me and the missus. Are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try? Yep. Send a text. It's that easy. Text BACK to 231-231 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. It's the number one selling testosterone-boosting brand at GNC and Walmart. Do it now, and they'll also send you a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, their newest, most powerful fat burner ever, absolutely free. Text BACK to 231-231. That's BACK to 231-231. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Happy noontime. Welcome in. Happy hump day. Shane and Jack Johnson with you for the next couple of hours. It's episode 656. Shane Dennis Show. Here's how you can be a part of it. From now till 2. And here's how you can be a part of the Pulse with Pat from 2 to 4. Hotline, 316-669-4996. That's how you win stuff. That's how you talk to Jack. That's how you get to us. 316-669-4996. We have a dedicated text line, too. Don't text the hotline. Don't call the text line. Text line... 316-247-0923. We love reading your texts. Had a lot of them yesterday, so keep them coming if you want to join the show in that way. We'll have, uh, we'll have a range of things to talk about today, actually. So we'll probably eventually get to something you want to talk about. So when we do, let us hear from you. 316-247-0923. Smart speaker. Tell it. To play KKGQ, um, radio, 92.3 FM, streaming, ESPNWichita.com. That's what you really need to remember because we've got all the shows from 8 until 6 podcasts there. Four different shows. If you miss any part of it or just want to list any of them again, that's where you go. ESPNWichita.com. In your car, as I mentioned, or on your radio, 92.3 FM. Make that your preset one. Tune in. Spotify. There's all kinds of ways to find us, search us on those platforms and social. Twitter, X, Facebook. Follow us. Be our friends. You can win free stuff if you do. ESPNWitch.com, Twitter, Facebook. We're at our Riverfront Stadium studio. It is January 31st, and we're headed for a high today of 65 degrees today. KU and K-State played last night. We'll talk about them here in just a second, and then I'll lay out the rest of the show for ye. But first, our producer, Jack Johnson, is our resident joke teller. He's got a moment of levity for us. Jack, fire away. Helen Keller walks into a bar. Oh, my God. Then a table, no. then a chair. 
Oh, my God. Don't go to the <laughs> podcast and re-listen to that moment of levity. Please, I implore you. Today is uh, Jan 31st, Hot Chocolate Day. Inspire Your Heart with Art Day. National Backward Day. Eight days. Tell you about tomorrow when we get there. The Social Security Administration on this day in 1940 issues the first Social Security check in the amount of $22.54 to Ida May Fuller, 1940. 1949, Chicago's NBC affiliate WNBQ begins broadcasting the first television soap opera. So from January 31st, 1949 to March 4th, These Are My Children aired for 15 minutes a day, five days a week. 1961, NASA launches Mercury 2 into space with a chimpanzee on board. Chimp was named Ham, and it was a 16-minute, 39-second flight. Uh, born day, Zane Gray, 1872. Popular author. Um, Norman Mailer, 1923, won two Pulitzer Prizes and the National Book Award for being an award-winning writer known for his novels, plays, and films. Some really notable birthdays once we get to I'm old Jack Young. So should be some layups for him once we get there. We'll celebrate some musicians that were born on this day and some other things that were happening throughout the next couple of hours. 316-247-0923 is the number to text. A couple of things before we get going here. Um, Continue to listen to this show and the Pulse with Pat for your chance to make your football cave stand out. Now, the football season's winding down, so we're only going to have a few more qualifiers for our Kansas City Chiefs Bud Light Neon sign. So be listening to this show and Pat's show, The Pulse, from 2 to 4. And when you hear the Travis Kelsey sounder during a segment, be the third caller, cross your fingers, you'll get registered to win. It's brought to you by Bud Light. Easy to Sunday, easy to enjoy. Bud Light's the official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Got to be 21 or older to enter. And also, uh, normally... Wednesdays during the football season are reserved for Patrick Mahomes audio. Uh, but as I understand it, we're going to have to wait a day or so. And then the rest of this week and the better part of next week, Super Bowl week, we'll have plenty of audio for you. So for those wanting Mahomes audio today, we'll get, uh, we'll get to hear from him later on in the week. And when he speaks, we let you hear it, courtesy of Davis Liquor Outlet and Schofield Honda. So uh, stick with us. Since it's not a game week, it's a little uh, screwy when it comes to the players and coaches speaking to the media. But you know we'll have plenty of Chiefs audio for you from now until next Friday. So, And speaking of, we will have a presence at the Super Bowl. We'll be there. Again, 
like we have been for each of the last couple of years. And with Chiefs going to the Super Bowl, we'll have all the Chiefs coverage that you can handle from now until next Friday. And we look forward to bringing it to you. All right. That ought to just about cover that. Main takeaway there is keep listening to this show and Pat's show for your chance to win some stuff. I'll have some uh, WSU UTSA basketball tickets to give away here in just a second. Um, So be listening for that. KU and K-State both in action last night. We'll get to them here in just a second. But a lot of shocker talk today here on the show, too. And it commences 18 minutes from now with Brian Green, the baseball coach. We'll talk to him now that practices have officially started. Uh, The weather down here, obviously, if you're in Wichita, you don't need me to tell you it's awesome. Uh, It's in the 60s. And here in the next couple of days, the Shocker baseball team will be having inter-squad games and getting ready for opening weekend. That would be Friday the 16th. They'll be in Little Rock, take on the Trojans down there. So we'll talk to Brian Green, see how things are going. Coming up at 1225. And we'll also have a Twitter question like we normally do, X or Twitter, at ESPN Wichita. has to do with Groundhog Day since that is rapidly approaching here in a couple of days as we get to the month of February. Got some headlines for you at 1 o'clock, and both basketball teams are on the road tonight for Wichita State, and they will both be playing at the same time. We'll tell you who, where, and what to look forward to. And then I'm old Jack Young at the end of the show, the final day of January. And then Pat will slide in here, and we'll see what he's got going on and get you ready for the Pulse from 2 to 4. Later on tonight, after hours, 6 o'clock, our KCAC coverage begins from the state of Nebraska. Chance Lebo will bring you play-by-play of Tabor and York tonight starting at 6 o'clock. And that kicks off a long stretch of days where you can hear basketball play-by-play here on the channel. You listened to KU Oklahoma State last night. Tabor York from the KCAC is tonight. We'll have some NBA action for you tomorrow. It'll be the Celtics and the Lakers coverage starting at 6.30. And then Chance will be back with Mays and Mays South with coverage starting at 7 on Friday. And then that big KU-Houston clash that you can hear right here on ESPN Wichita 92.3. That comes your way on Saturday. So there you go. That's what we've got for you in the next couple of days. We also will be out and about, speaking of Groundhog Day, on Friday. We'll be at Twin Peaks East. So come by and see us. We'll be out there from noon to 4, bringing you the shows. So we'll be back at the Lodge on Friday and kick off your weekend maybe a little bit early. We'll be out there from 12 to 4. This show in the Pulse with Pat from 2 to 4. All right, there you go. There's your show. That's how you can be a part of it. Please uh, reach out to us. Questions, comments, 316-247-0923. Well, Jack, the KU-Oklahoma State game last night, as kind of suggested by Matt Tate yesterday, our KU insider, kind of suggested what Bill Self kind of did. Did you notice that? You had uh, El Marco Jackson in the starting lineup, scored 10 points. Uh, 
and it was a game uh, against Oklahoma State in which, all right, if we can't get some good production and good minutes from guys like El Marco and Nick Timberlake and a few more than a few minutes from Parker Brown, then when are we ever going to get it? Uh, that was pretty much a perfect storm last night as KU wins by uh, 29, led by as many as 31. Did what they were supposed to do against Oklahoma State. Were you satisfied, Jack, as a KU guy? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple different ways you can look at this. Number one, um, you know, Oklahoma State is a terrible basketball team, and uh, I don't really put them in the same conversation of, you know, good Big 12 wins, but you only play who's in front of you. And Kansas had to play Oklahoma State twice in a matter of two weeks and beat them by 30 both times. Uh, whether that says more about Kansas or Oklahoma State, I guess it remains to be seen on what Kansas does on this next slate of their schedule, in which it's going to be a gauntlet, basically from the beginning of March or the beginning of February, excuse me, to the beginning of March. Uh, they got about 10 games left, and all of them are going to be very, very difficult. But I actually was going to open up what you just said there with Matt Tate. You know, Kevin McCuller sat out last night because of a bone bruise, and that thrusted Elmarco Jackson into the lineup. And, you know, I think Kevin McCuller could have played. I believe Bill Self said if it was the end of the year, I think Kevin would have tried to play, but he was yeah, at like 50%. Yeah. So there's no need. It's a perfect opportunity to get your bench guys involved, and they got a lot of run last night. And Elmarco Jackson, I think, took more attempts in that game alone than he had in his previous, like, 10. You, you saw yeah. the confidence, something that he desperately needed. And, you know, I don't think there's a need to put Kansas up on a pedestal for winning a game like that. I mean, you're supposed to beat up on teams like that. However, they've also got a loss to West Virginia, who lost mm -hmm. to Oklahoma State over the weekend. So that kind of hangs around with you. But I almost wonder if we're going to look back a month from now at that Iowa State game as the turning point. Um, and I think you can copy-paste most Kansas years and just put them next year and the year after that and year after that, that you know they've got their weird non-conference loss to a lesser team. I don't know if Marquette was lesser or still is lesser right now, but at that point in time felt a little lesser than Kansas, and they ran the Jayhawks out of the gym. Then they have that weird loss to UCF. Never really seen a loss like that and West Virginia in the same season, but yeah. the one at Iowa State happens every single year. Not at Iowa State, but they've got that one game where it's like, hey, they lost the game, it's frustrating, but what really could you have done differently? Like, it just, Iowa State shot lights out. They were a 27% three-point shooting team and then went 14 of 30 in that game. I mean... Who stops that? Who who defends that? I mean, your scouting report doesn't tell you to go all the way out and hound you know bad three point shooters because right, they're going to go right, right around you. Yeah, so it's yep. just playing the odds, playing the averages that they were going to miss, and they didn't. And I think Bill Self and the players likely walked away and said, "You know what? We're fine. We we feel fine right now." And I didn't put any money down in the game last night, but I think it would have been a sure bet to put the minus sixteen and a half for Kansas yeah. because. Yep. Now it feels like this could be, not going to say it is after beating a terrible basketball team, but this could be that stretch where you get the best version of Kansas. That usually happens every single February. And I think for Kansas fans that were on the cusp, you know, not very good, I'm still bullish on them. I'm not going to say they're a title contender by any stretch. Uh, there's still a long ways to go for them. But I will say this about the current stretch they're about to have they get Houston on Saturday, K State on the road on Monday. Then they get, like, Texas Tech and Baylor. It's all the top teams in mm -hmm. the Big 12. I think it's better for Kansas that they're getting those teams now as opposed to the beginning of January. Because at the beginning of January, I don't think they win maybe 
50% of those games. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think now you could look at it and go, all right, if they beat Houston, who right now is first place, Kansas all of a sudden catapults themselves back near the top of the Big 12, and you're going, hmm, now you take on a Kansas State team that's lost three in a row and two in a row by 20-plus. Now you're you know, you're know coming back home to play teams like a Texas down the road, and you should be able to take care of business there. It's about the confidence and carrying the momentum. And I'm not saying Iowa State's the last loss they're going to have. I expect them to have two or three more losses on deck just because the schedule at hand. But I, I really am starting to wonder if that Iowa State loss is going to be the one you point to. Because last year, year before that, year before that, there was always that loss where you were, you were frustrated, right? It's like, man, you could have had it, could have had it. But then it's like, well, they played a team that played lights out and beat them by four. Like, maybe that is the wake-up call yeah. you need of, you know, West Virginia, you played horribly. You should be embarrassed. That was one of the worst losses I've ever seen Kansas have. UCF, right up there as well. Like, no excuses for that. But the Iowa State one, I almost wonder if that was uh, the straw that broke the camel's back for a different analogy there yeah. or, or to have the domino fall because now we're going to see on Saturday just if that loss meant anything. If they go and beat Houston, now you're starting to wonder – is this the Kansas team we all expected at the beginning of the year? Don't you think, though, it still could be the Kansas team you expected at the beginning of the year and still might lose to Houston? Um, you know, or are you not going to go that far? I, like, I'm you not, need to beat Houston? I think so. I, I okay. think for the the three losses you suffered in conference play, uh, it's going to need to be – if you're going to win the conference or at least share it, you can't lose on Saturday. I know it's a lot of pressure. It's a damn good team defensively you're going to face. I'm not yeah. there offensively with but Houston. But I, th- I think you can still characterize Kansas or view them in a light that you want to, even in a loss against Houston, depending on how it, how it goes. I feel like I have flip-flopped mm-hmm. on almost every team in the Big 12 this year. <laughs> like I felt one way one day. And within a two-game span, I'm like, boy, was I wrong about those guys, good and bad. Absolutely. And, you know, I I was saying this earlier today that if you were making your Big 12 champion predictions in January, you're just – you're stupid. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. you're stupid because there's going to be – I mean, I think the Kansas-West Virginia loss is point A, example number one, because – Kansas won't be the only team that has that terrible, ugly loss. Yeah. I mean, yep. you know, we're, we're talking about Texas Tech 5-1. and one, It's, oh, man, this is the team. I mean, TCU's good. They lost to TCU last night. And it, has Oklahoma State won yet? They they beat West Virginia all over the weekend. Okay, okay, okay. I was going to say, because if even if they're a one-win team, like, they're going to beat somebody. Oh, yeah. They, they might beat multiple somebodies. I mean, just, yeah, to your point, like, there's some more weird ones coming. Absolutely. And you know what? We always try to you – know, I use momentum maybe more than I should. But here's, of like, what I'll probably explain is that, you know, West Virginia shot lights out against Kansas. And Raekwon Battle was phenomenal. He's been terrible since that game. That's just the way it happens. Like, for example, we're getting into it shortly here, but K-State last night was 4 of 28 from three-point range. I have no doubt in my mind when KU comes to Manhattan on Monday – they're going to play well. That's just the way it is in the Big 12. They're not going to have back-to-back-to-back-to-back stinkers. It's just the conference is too damn good for that. And that's where it's like a Houston. You know, they narrowly escape Texas, who all of a sudden doesn't look like an NCAA tournament team. They could come out and beat KU by 10, or they could lose by 10. It's so unpredictable, and there's going to be so many teams that leapfrog each other. Um, But I guess for this segment of where we disagree on a little bit, maybe it's me holding a higher standard. I don't think Kansas can put themselves in national title contender if they were to lose their fourth conference game in the beginning of February, and especially to a team 
you got to beat to win the conference. But I still think, like, here's it's kind of very much in the comparison to the Chiefs this year that for KU, maybe in the end, it's like you just get to the NCAA tournament and see what happens if you yeah. do lose on Saturday. Yeah. It's harder to get to the NCAA national championship than it is the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Too many games to go through. But I don't know. Maybe it is that team that they're trying to fix all their issues in the regular season and conference play so that they're their best version in the NCAA tournament, not so much of, hey, we're going to hoist ourselves up for winning the Big 12 and the Big 12 tournament and then losing the second weekend. I think yeah. their goal is we got to make sure we can make a run in March. Well, speaking of K-State, last night they struggled mightily offensively against Oklahoma. K-State was down 16 at half. They closed within – single digits in the second half before they finally ran out of steam and lost 73 to 23. Tyler Perry uh with a three-pointer with 8:28 to play cut the lead down to 7. It was that kind of a game. That that's like in the second paragraph of the highlights. That K-State got within 7 with 8:28 to play. Um Perry scored 13 of the Wildcats first 20 points in the second half, but Oklahoma used a hot shooting first half and it was enough because K-State never really got going offensively. They missed their first 11 shots from the floor. Uh, David Gasson hit a free throw with 11.48 remaining. So the under 12, he hits a free throw to get them in the scoring column. First basket wasn't until midway through the first half. Fell behind, and they were really lucky to only be down 17. I mean, when you don't score at all, uh, for the first couple of media timeouts, and you're only down. Well, it was ten, I think it was ten to one at one point. So you get your first point, and you go that long without a field goal or a point, and you only are down nine. You feel like you're right there, but it was just one of those things where this is a, a type of game where you expend all your energy to try to come back from a huge deficit, and even when you kind of get there, you can't get over the over the hump and especially since they never really got hot. Uh, so maybe Oklahoma's a little better than uh, we give them credit for. I mean, they are ranked if you're into that sort of thing. But K-State falls to 14-7, and 4-4 four and four in the Big 12. OU improves to 4-4 four and four in the Big 12. Overall, they are 16-5. and five. So cold shooting Kansas State loses to Oklahoma at home. 73-53 at Bramlage. So, good news for the Jayhawks. They cruised. Bad news for the Wildcats. They were stuck in neutral pretty much all night long. All right, when we come back, we need to talk a little Shocker sports. A lot of Shocker athletic talk in this show today. Coming up next, we'll talk some Shocker baseball. In hour number two, we'll get you ready for Shocker basketball. A couple of road games for the Shocker basketball team tonight. Uh, the men are in Tulsa. The women are in Philly. We'll talk about them then. We'll have some headlines at 1 o'clock and also some Twitter slash X like we always have. But when we come back, we'll talk to baseball coach Brian Green as practices have started for Wichita State Baseball. We'll check in on him and the baseball team when we come back. It's 1222. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability, they value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired 
are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Hi, this is Brian Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. With over 40 years of selling liquor, wine, and beer to the Wichita community, we have expanded our inventory. From Dots pretzels to Arts and Mary's chips, Holmes made salsa, and a selection of barbecue sauce. Don't forget to visit us at DavisLiquorOutlet.com, sign up for monthly coupons, and to find a store near you. And stop in Tuesdays to save 10% on any liquor or wine. Veterans and active duty military save 10% every day. Davis Liquor Outlet. Each store independently owned and operated. Neighborhood locations with superstore pricing. You can save thousands of dollars building your dream home, remodeling your kitchen or bath, making your home more accessible as you age, or creating a new garage, barn, or workshop. You Build It has been helping homeowners save money for over 30 years. Using the You Build It system, you can choose your budget, who designs your renovations, and how involved you want to be in the process. Call or text now, 316 260 2044. Your home's in your hands. You Build It. What's for dinner? Burgers? After last week? No thanks. Avoiding foods due to fear of diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools? It may not be just stomach issues. It could be EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. EPI can cause uncomfortable symptoms because it's a condition where the pancreas doesn't release enough digestive enzymes to break down food. But EPI can be managed. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor about your symptoms. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by Abby. Natalia, solid dismount, but that little pause is a deduction. Top tumblers hope to stick the landing with Coach Jasmine. That aerial sequence still needs work. She needs more certified athletic trainers to find her balance. Focus. I'm going to need you for the all-around. Wait, who's spotting the vault? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, ESPN Wichita fans, let's live Groundhog Day over and over again. No, but really, meet us at Twin Peaks East starting at noon this Friday, 21st in Rock. We're back at the Lodge with the Shane Dennis Show and the Pulse with Pat Strothman rolling from noon to 4 this Friday, Twin Peaks East. Come enjoy their scratch-made food, 29-degree drafts, and we got you covered with some swag to go along with the scenic views. Friday, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. See you there. All right, welcome back here on a Wednesday, 1225. Shane going to show. Shane and Jack with you. Some shocker talk right now. We jump on the hotline, and baseball practice has started out at Wichita State. First official practice is underway. Before you know it, we'll have the first pitch banquet. We'll have opening day, and we'll talk about all that here in a second. But uh, we welcome in. Baseball coach Brian Green joining us, and good to catch up with you, Coach. Uh, first off, I want to ask you about your off season a little bit from uh, late summer up until right now. I'm sure you've been doing plenty of back and forth with family in Washington and things like that, trying to find players and coach them up in the fall. But uh, now that we are officially early spring, catch us up. How you been from then until right now? Well, it's uh, yeah. Thanks for having us on and. Um... Well, it's been a crazy, crazy uh, six months, you know, with three players on the roster on June 5. Uh, next thing you know, there's 35 players recruited, and uh, we get a ranked recruiting class, so kudos to our coaching staff for that. But, Shane, uh, three trips from Pullman, Washington, to Wichita. Uh, 
one in a U-Haul, one in an RV, and one in the uh, in the Jeep. We wow. walked some miles, that's for sure. Um, but uh, you know, we've got a home here in Wichita now, and we're really excited about that. And what's going on here over the the course of the six months as we head into the spring has been nothing but excitement for us. And truly honored to be here. Our kids posted a GPA record in the fall. Um, the culture is, is really solid right now. It's a competitive group. I think our fans are going to really enjoy watching our guys play. They really care uh, about this jersey. Sometimes too much as we're into spring practice. The, the stress is showing. But uh, there's some real positive things to talk about with this group. And you got to be pretty thrilled about the weather. I know it won't necessarily stay like that from now until the end of May, but the weather now coinciding with the first couple of days of practice, you were able to scrimmage outside. That's got to excite all you guys. Man, that's been great. You know, um, we've been out there long days in terms of, you know, early work and, and things that we were able to do. But uh, in shorts the last couple of days, and then uh, we had a scrimmage yesterday for five innings. We'll have a long practice today and covering some team defensive issues. But, yeah, it's been fantastic. I mean, I told Coach Claggett that uh, this is the first January that I think I haven't worn a beanie on the baseball field mm-hmm. in four years since Las Cruces, New Mexico. So weather's been great, and uh, we've been outside the entire time. And uh, obviously if we ever need to go inside, we've got the indoor, but we just we haven't utilized it at all. Talking to baseball coach Brian Green, first official practices are underway. First pitch banquet's coming up here in a little while. We'll talk about that in a second. I want to get your thoughts, though, Coach. I'm glad you brought up uh, your pitching coach, Anthony Claggett. Has there been any chatter between you two guys and maybe just uh, the brain trust over there in the possibility of the NCAA letting pitchers and catchers report earlier i know you mentioned you get you guys have the indoor facility and, and guys can come and go as they want but they'd have to do stuff on their own pitchers and catchers report to spring training early you think the ncaa will ever let that happen in college that's a good question that has certainly been out there it's been discussed uh you know just mirroring uh, professional baseball i think it'll probably all come down to like it always does uh the sec the power five and, and where they want to go with that but uh I do think that's a possibility. You know, there was a major injury at a Power 5 school uh, just over the weekend. And, um, you know, a lot of the times it's about ramping those kids up. But, you know, with when Coach Klagsman and I talk about that, I think it just comes down to having a throwing program for your pitchers and, and making sure that they're following that. And when they get on campus, first day of school in, uh, in early January, mid-January, they're, they need to be fired up. So I think it really comes down to the time management that we're doing off the off of the field and off time with our players. But at the same time, uh, we all know as coaches, we would like to certainly be the ones monitoring that when they're doing those things. They get a little excited at times. But Shane, I to answer your question, I think it is a, a 50-50 real possibility that that does happen. It's the injuries are going to force us into maybe looking at that. So as of right now, is it fair to say in your? Uh scrimmages you're only having guys go a couple of innings if that yes sir yeah uh we're up to three innings at this point you know and and typically you get to opening day uh your guys will go five they'll be on a pretty tight pitch count 75 80 i know some programs like to really ramp it but you know you look at a a zang of favors a lapour a hamilton or wherever we land uh um, there'll be 75 80 pitches probably on that first outing and hopefully they're efficient and gets us through five 
Talking to Brian Green, baseball coach at Wichita State. Uh, I want to give you the floor here for just a second, uh, coach, if you want to uh, talk about the first pitch banquet. That's been something that's gone pretty much uh, wire to wire ever since Gene Stevenson got here. Maybe there was a year in there with COVID that uh, we weren't all able to get together. But the first pitch banquet is kind of the the uh, signal that baseball is just around the corner, and that's coming up on February 10th. What What do you need us to know about that? Yeah, thank you for that. I think first and foremost, um, you know, with the Black Yellow Gala that, that we ran early in the fall, uh, that this is a fan experience night. Uh, so uh, for any of the fans wondering if if you come through the doors and we're going to be hitting you over the head for dollars, uh, we're not doing that. And uh, especially for us, that's important in our first year. This is about get as many people in that room as possible, uh, share our vision, and are just being honored to be here and meet the coaching staff, meet the players. Uh, our players are going to get dressed up. They'll be wearing suits. Uh, we've told them to bring dates. Uh, hopefully have Coach and, and Frank Chemnitz at our table with uh, with our athletic director, Kevin Saul. And, of course, you'll see Chemnitz up on stage running it like he always does, and I'm sure there'll be a Mike Kennedy sighting. But, um, you know, what we really want to do is, is create a fan experience, and that means lots of giveaways. Uh, lots of opportunities to get shocker gear, um, but but no, not a fundraising event. This is a big time, literally first pitch, or you could say a kickoff to mm-hmm. the season. So we want to give every opportunity to the fans to, if you want to join the Battery Club or if you want to get into a suite or certainly share with the fans, if you've noticed some building going on out there in right field, uh, stay tuned. But uh, there's some fan initiatives coming in, in our first year, which – I'm really excited about that's maybe a cheap way to be a first year head coach to get the fans excited, but I'm certainly trying it and um, and to meet the team you know and and one of the things that we'd like to do is get up on stage and and share our vision for the program, which is you know bringing the program back to where it was and bringing back a lot of the the, the things that are traditional here um, with as well as making it as, as fun as we can for the fans and 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 sharing our vision as a coaching staff so it's going to be an exciting night. I know my wife will be in town. I'm excited about that. All the families will be here. But we want to meet as many people in the community as we can. And um should be a great night. I know we talked about it today, Shane. And uh, at this point, I think we were at 300 people already. So it's been uh, – I was kind of blown away when I looked at the attendance numbers this morning for the first time. There's there's a lot of tables already secured. Yeah, go to GoShockers.com for more information on that. You don't have to look very hard to – find the first pitch banquet um not to give too much stuff away but i noticed when kevin saul took over and then uh consequently after you were hired you guys were really in lockstep when it came to uh tailgating game day and making it a gigantic event that's no joke right i mean you you and kevin saul are really serious about this stuff especially when it comes to baseball right we are really serious about it, and uh, you know, alignment is so important, and, and is is just it's such a great opportunity to be here. I get asked all the time, you know, what's it like, and I was like, man, I just can't tell you how much energy myself and our coaching staff has because when when you know that you've got a, a, a group of people looking at it the same way, that's really exciting. And you know, Shane, I've always believed just coming from the SEC at Kentucky, uh, being there for six years, starting to see some of that stuff beginning. Um, we went to New Mexico state and started an RV program. And next thing you know, we're setting attendance records and then we won some championships. And, but I saw the fan engagement really blow up and we took that to Washington state, did the same thing. So in the interview room, 
for this position, we had talked about big fan initiatives and knowing Eck and knowing this community and just seeing it, for example, even in the NBC series or going to YouTube and looking at, uh, at what you guys did. And we share our vision all the time about Shocker baseball, and it's about getting people back onto that lawn. And uh, for me, it was getting some RVs out there into the parking lot and, and creating a real fan experience. And without football, you know, we would like to be the leaders in, uh, in supplementing that. So, yeah, without giving too much away, we are really interested in, in making this a, a party atmosphere and, and, uh, and getting people out here because we know at the end of the day that's going to help us win baseball games. So um, we're going to do everything we can to do that. And it, there's some exciting stuff going on at Eck right now. Baseball coach Brian Green joining us here on the show. The uh, opening day will be Friday, February 16th at Little Rock. The first seven games the Shockers will play will be away from home. Home opener is March 1st against Utah Tech. And those first two roadies, uh, coach, no joke. Speaking of no joke, you go to Little Rock first. And then the following weekend, you go to Jacksonville, Florida, and take on three juggernauts, uh, Virginia, Auburn, and Iowa. So if you want to see kind of where you stack up, you don't have to wait very long, do you? No, no, sir. We're going to know right away. You know, Little Rock is uh, – they bring back just about their entire team. They bring back the ERA leader in the, in the country. They bring back a preseason All-American. Uh, that's no joke to go on the road and start that one against a really old team. Um, and then going week two at, with those peak events down in Jacksonville. Yeah, three top 25 teams. Um, you know, we've been pretty upfront with our players right now about their offensive approach and approach and mental game on the mound. And, you know, if, if there are spurts and bouts of frustration or, or anger or spinning yourself out of a moment, you're going to get exposed, and we're going to get exposed mm. pretty quickly, pretty early. So um, we're, we're really working hard on the mental game and process and toughness and but we've got two great tests on the road before we come home for March 3 for the next three weekends at home. So to your point, I think we're going to be really clear on, on where we are as a program with matchups and talent uh, in those first two weekends. In the meantime, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it looks like you have scrimmage schedules up. You want people to come out for that, don't you? All the time, Shane. We really do. Um, you know, come out. It's The gates are open an hour before. Uh, come out and watch us play. You know, we'll interact with the fans. There's, there's been a few for all of our scrimmages. And, of course, if you look up there in one of those sky boxes and the windows open, you'll, 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 we, we all know who's up there watching. And I remind <laughs> our players of that, that uh, the old ball coach is up there and, uh, you know, he's watching. And I think it's great. But um, we want the fans to come out. And uh, that was something that we had changed this year, too. So our scrimmages are open. We try to publicize that on our social media this weekend. First pitch three o'clock, uh, and then Saturday Sunday we're, we're midday uh, starts at uh, at one o'clock and five six inning inter squad scrimmages for you guys to come out and see the fans. So we invite everyone to come on out. And the first pitch banquet uh, February tenth uh, doors at five thirty. It's not a fundraiser, so if you want to go, go to uh, GoShockers.com. Meet the team, meet the coaching staff, uh, meet some old guys like us, uh, and the 2024 Shocker baseball team. They'll be out there too. Brian Green joining us, Shocker baseball coach. It'll be here before you know it. Uh, how do you kind of keep everybody's feet on the ground from now until February 16th? I know it's right around the corner, but I'm sure as a coach, you will stress to them, we got a lot of work to do before we get there. How do you uh, kind of put a governor on the guys, especially when the weather's great? 
Oh, man. I mean, we've been so excited to be outside, and, you know, the guys are flying around in BP and, uh, you know, maybe try to keep the music off so we don't get too high and we've got energy yeah. for a game. But, um, you know, Shane, in terms of what we're trying to do right now, is it, it's so competitive. You know, with 35 new players, you've got the 12 returning guys who who played last year, but, you know, probably Mauricio, our catcher, was the, was the one re- lone returner who really – Played a lot and had, you know, legitimate success. Stroh had some at-bats. Gustafson had some at-bats. But, um, you know, I think the kids understand that there's a lot of competition. And, and from a talent perspective, really with the team divided into thirds with, with returning players, junior college transfers, and high school players, um, you know, it, it's given us uh, – that part has been a little bit easier than I think we anticipated with this weather and with our schedule. Uh, it, jobs are still really competitive. And, and one of the things that the coaching staff, Coach Overcash and Claggett and Miller, over the break did a great job of uh, over the summer was we've got balance. And I think the fans will see that. We've, we've got left and right on the mound, and we've got left and right at the plate. So there's going to be opportunities certainly to platoon players. And, uh, and I think that's the biggest message we're sending to them is you're competing every day just like you're going to be in the spring. And if it doesn't show up for you that day, be ready because your number's going to get called. And uh, it, it's been very competitive, at times too stressful for the players, and we're trying to get them out of that mode and get them in the process. But um, it, it's, I think the competition has really kept the lid on, on some of that overexcitement you tend to get in January. There's been a lot of change in the college game since the 80s and 90s, no question about it, pretty much all the way across the board. One thing I'm, I'm curious about nowadays versus back then is conditioning. Uh, when we came back, back in the day from Christmas break, first day of practice, we had a midnight mile and we had to run a sub six minute mile. That was Gene and Brent's way to find out if, if we'd taken care of ourselves and if we were in any, any kind of shape. Uh, over the Christmas break. Now, most of that mile was run out strictly out of fear, so it didn't matter much how good yeah. a shape you were in, so it always helped. I'm wondering nowadays, uh, how do you gauge whether guys have taken care of themselves when they've been away from uh, from the facility? Well, and let's not forget that, that Coach Gene and, and Coach Brent, in doing that, just ruined the last two weeks of your vacation because that's all you were thinking no about doubt. that mile. Yes. And... Uh, but, uh, no, you know, Shane, when the kids come back, you know, they've got a training regiment. Uh, there's so much more, you know, when I was playing and, and when you were playing, it was there are so many more eyes, eyes on our athletes these days, and, and that's a good thing for the player. But, you know, their strength coach is, is heavily involved in what they're doing over the break, and, and they're sending us videos. But we certainly have those things. We don't have the midnight mile, but when they came back, there was a little flex test for them, and, Okay. Uh, and there certainly was some conditioning, yeah. Um, but uh, I remember those days, too. I remember that 545 mile, you better show up, and uh, and I couldn't sleep for a week thinking about it. But um, I, I do have to say kudos to Alex D., our strength coach. Our players came back in tremendous shape. I was really proud of them. Um, there's always a guy or two who didn't do his throwing. There's always a guy or two who laid off the pedal in the weight room. You just didn't see that with this shocker group. Um, everybody did what they were supposed to, so that was really nice. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, scrimmages out of X Stadium. Friday, 3 o'clock, first pitch, 1 o'clock Saturday and Sunday. you got the first pitch banquet on the 10th. Opening day on the road against Little Rock on the 16th, and then March 1st, the home opener. Shocker baseball right around the corner. Baseball coach Brian Green taking a few minutes 
to talk to us today. Appreciate it, Coach. Best of luck. Enjoy this weather, and we'll talk to you soon. Go Shock. Thank you guys for having us on. You bet. Our pleasure. Brian Green, head uh, baseball coach at Wichita State. Speaking of Wichita State, coming up next week, a week from today, Shocker basketball will be back home against UTSA. Roadrunners come to town. That game is at 6.30. We'll talk some Shocker basketball in about uh, 40 minutes or so because they have a road game at Tulsa. The Shocker women are at Philadelphia, take on Temple. But that being said, when they come back home, you've got a chance to go on us. If you want to go see the UTSA game Wednesday at 6.30, give Jack a call, 316-669-4996. Shocker basketball tickets a week from tonight, 6.30, Shockers and UTSA, 669-4996. Give us a call. Good luck. Twitter, next. The Shane Dennis Show will be right back on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Twin Peaks is the best in the game. Here, you're in the red zone for every college rivalry and divisional matchup all season long. On game day, you never have to decide which teams to watch. Only what combination of bites, burgers, wings, and more to order. Plus, where else are your favorite draft beers always poured at a frozen 29 degrees? Only at Twin Peaks, the number one sports bar. Stick around after the sun sets. Twin Peaks is open really late. Wind down with bourbon and late night bites. Only at Twin Peaks. Who do you make it home for? For my boyfriend. Okay, boyfriends. For my dog, Bosco. For my cat. She cares. She just doesn't act like it. I make it home for my little brother, who still looks up to me. I make it home for my mom, who always tells me to drive safe. For my three kids and the one on the way. Don't distract yourself from what matters most. Drive safe. Do it for them. A message from the Kansas Department of Transportation. ESPN Bet is now live in Kansas as the official sports book of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today. New users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM will be live in Las Vegas to bring you all the sights and sounds of Super Bowl 58. And no one hung their head and everybody was ready to go and now we're going to the Super Bowl and like I said, we're not done. Get ready for the Chiefs and 49ers in Super Bowl 58 right here on your hometown radio station. ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Bumpers that I suggest that you play. Uh, we got to play your own now. stuff. <laughs> okay. 
I like Panama though. I've I've been good about that lately, and I completely forgot that message. I'll get it for the second. We had some shocker tickets, and you had to listen for Brian Green to call us. So you know, you had your hands full. I'll give you a mulligan. Uh, All right, uh, Twitter coming up here in just a second. We've got uh, some headlines coming up at one o'clock, and the WSU hoops teams are both on the road tonight. The men are in Tulsa. The women are in Philly. Take on Temple. Get you ready for those here in just a second. Uh, 30 minutes or so. I'm old Jack Young at the end of the show. Final day of January. And we'll get ready for turning the page of the calendar to February. And looking forward to the next uh, four days and nights. Basketball. We've got Tabor in York tonight. KCAC, 6 o'clock coverage. Coverage starts tomorrow. The Celtics-Lakers, 6.30. And then high school game of the week, Mays, Mays South, coming up at 7 o'clock on Friday. Speaking of Friday, we'll be on location. We'll be back at the Lodge for Groundhog Day, east location, 21st and Rock. We invite you all to come out there and see us starting at noon. Why don't you play hooky or maybe knock off early or both. Start your weekend early with us. We'll be out at the Lodge from noon to 4 on Wichita's east side, 21st and Rock Road. Also, Saturday, big, big, it was we talked about, Jack and I talked about the first segment, KU and Houston coverage on Saturday right here on the channel as well. Shocker men's basketball that same day will be in Memphis for an early tip-off against Tigers. So all kinds of basketball to either cover, talk about, or some combination thereof. It's 1248. The Twitter question was prompted by our very own Chance Lebo, a guy you can hear from twice in the next three days doing some basketball for you. But with uh, Groundhog Day coming up on Friday, the question is, how do you view Punxsutawney Phil, the Groundhog, at ESPN Wichita is where you can find the questions. How do you view Punxsutawney Phil? Please vote and repost. Your options, prognosticator, varmint, or co-star with Bill Murray, the movie of the same name. Uh, Jack, I want to get your opinion on this, and maybe you can clear this up for me, or maybe texters can. Uh, somebody, help me understand. So if Punxsutawney Phil, mm-hmm. the groundhog, sees his shadow Friday morning, that means six more weeks of winter. Correct. Why? If he sees his shadow, doesn't that mean the sun's out? I. Do you ever think about that? I, you got an answer? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I've, I've thought about it before. I the only when I was a kid I always thought that if he was scared of his shadow, shadow that means he was scared that six more weeks of winter was on the way. That's why, that's why he retreated back to his den or whatever. Yeah, I don't get it, man. Yeah, so if the sun's out and he sees his shadow, I know just because it's sunny that day it doesn't necessarily mean we got early spring. But if he doesn't see his shadow, that means it's overcast, probably cold in Pennsylvania, and he goes back inside because it's cold. I don't, I don't see the logic. If I mean, somebody wants to help me, no, text I us. I've always wondered how that tradition started and why they put all of this focus onto a a rodent 
basically. Oh, I'll, I'll have that information for you on Friday because <laughs> uh, I've thought the same thing. It's like if – all right, I'll ask you this. If you lived somewhere close to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, yeah. would you go check it out just Hell to no. see? Hell no. No? No. Uh, wow. <laughs> no. Why would I do that? Uh, to go stand in the giant crowd where just I can't even once? see it? Uh, maybe once, but like I just – that never. I'm not asking you to do it every year, but if you're within, I don't I'll, know, I'll, if I'm driving 25, more than thirty minutes, would probably 30 be the minutes. cap for me. <laughs> just less than thirty. <laughs> I, I just don't. I mean, if I'm really going out there and it's cold, which I'm sure it is in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, yeah. to see a couple of grown men in top hats pull a rodent out of his hole, <laughs> whatever they pull him out of, and you see, that's my thing. I've always been confused about. Aren't rodents usually scared of everything? <laughs> like, he, I've no sh- um, no uh, shocker yeah. that he's he's going to be scared of whatever he sees out there because rodents don't like humans. Okay, so I'm trying to picture this here because I've never been there. Let's say they pull up the the rail or the grate and let Phil come out. You think everybody gathers around him, or they get away from him and let him come out? <laughs> I'm with they, you on that. I feel he's like probably scared to death of everybody. That's what's sad about. I mean, I'm sure he's a domesticated groundhog. How you? Right. I mean, how many fills have we gone through over the last hundred? I don't of know. Years? That's, that's another a good question. question I have. Um, yeah. I'm sure that I think they give him some space. Like they open up, <laughs> open up the door, uh-huh. and he goes out there, and you know he's probably a little confused as to why he's been shut in this crate. Or his his uh, den has been blocked. Yeah, whatever. And then it's I got to walk outside. Now there's hundreds of predators out there. What if he doesn't come out? I don't think he. I think there's been some times that they've had to coax him out. I think they. Uh-huh. There might be another end where he has. They have to force him out, smoke him out, poke to him, get him out poke there. Him with a stick. Poke, poke, <laughs> <laughs> poke him with a stick to get him out there. But yeah. I don't know how it all offer. I I never understand because also with the six more weeks of winter, like we're just playing odds. Like I think over the next couple of weeks, it's supposed to be in the fifties in Kansas city. So that would signal to me winter is pretty much over at that point, but I've also had times where it's negative 15 in February. So yeah. I think it's more so just of a fun game than anything. Yeah. Well, and texter said it's a big party up there. I'm sure it is. Um, also texter said they wouldn't lock him in. Would they poor Phil? No, I feel like that there's a door. Or a, a gate that you can... You can't move out too early. <laughs> n- n- no. <laughs> uh, another texture very uh, astutely pointed out, this is one time where television really fails to capture the true excitement of large squirrel <laughs> predicting the weather. I think that's a line from, from the Groundhog Day. I think it Bill is. Yeah. <laughs> it also reminds me of an anchorman when Brian Fantana is trying to get the panda out, and he's like, hey, <laughs> you panda jerk, get out of here. Everybody's waiting for you. Well, it's Groundhog Day again. Uh, that and that is a, a movie that I'm thrilled that it's on as often as it is as a cable Absolutely. subscriber. It's on all the time, and I'm thrilled for it. All right, before we uh, move on to some headlines, got some uh, early peaks of I'm old Jack Young, kind of, sort of, on this day, January 31st, 1920, 104 years ago today. Quebec Bulldogs center Joe Malone scored an NHL record seven goals in a 10-6 winner, uh, 10-6 win over Toronto. He was a Hall of Famer, Joe Malone. His nickname was the Phantom. Scored more goals than games played in his seven-year NHL career. 
He played from 1917 to 1924, played in uh, 126 games, scored 143 goals. So he was a goal-a-game guy. And he was responsible for five of the 60 games in which a player scored at least five goals. I don't know if I would have guessed that there were 60 times that somebody got five goals in a game. But Joe Malone, seven goals on this day in 1920. Two things that Jack hates, chess and Punxsutawney Phil. You're right, Andrew. I have nothing. (laughs) I've got nothing (laughs) against the groundhog. Nor chess, but uh, you know, I, I feel for the groundhog. I feel like you just leave groundhogs alone. I, whoever started this trend years ago, I wouldn't want to pick him up. Oh, I'd, I'd be, be afraid he'd bite me. Aren't, aren't these things domesticated? Well, they're still animals. Yeah, but I feel like, like I mean, when Brian one... Doyle Murray picks up Phil in the movie, like <laughs> I would have been afraid to do that. I wouldn't. Yeah. What's stopping that? Rat from just turning his neck and biting your <laughs> right on the. Well, see, you got to you got to grab him at the right spot. Like I've, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I guess, like a turtle, you got to pick them up correctly so they can't get to you. I've, yeah, I've disposed of, uh, not killed them, but I, I've thrown possums before. How'd you pick it up? Back Tail? of its neck, can't oh. reach me. Yeah, you back the, the a b- possum. Yeah, possum. Because my dogs were right there. I didn't want the the possum to right, get right, my right. dog, so I'd. Get up behind him, probably anywhere from 10 to 15 pounds, and grab the back of the neck, kind of like... You know what I heard about possums and playing possum? And I don't know this to be true, but it was on the internet, so I believe it. Mm -hmm. They don't play possum. They actually pass out from fear. (laughs) That's that's why, (laughs) yeah. No, they're they're weird animals, man, but... Yeah, and they show their teeth and hiss at you just because they're scared of you. Like, not because they're mean and they're going to bite you. Right? No. Oh, yeah. It's all. Well, I mean, I think they would if you got too close right, to them. But right. it's all a defense mechanism, and that's why I think with with Phil, they got to grab the back of his neck so he can't. <laughs> just every animal, if you're going you to pick it up, you think they sedate Phil? You think they put something in his in his um, groundhog chow? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why he gets scared, as he's spooked like he's high. Yeah, he's all he's hopped flinching. up on goofballs. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're picking up any sort of rodent. The the key is that you pick them up in the back of the neck so that uh they can't they can't turn around yeah, so can't get you're getting you. that big ass squirrel <laughs> you got to grab them by the back of the neck so it they won't look bite like them. They're heavy. <laughs> uh, also, in 1988, the Washington then Redskins scored 35 points in the second quarter, 42 to 10, went over the Broncos in Super Bowl 22, most ever in a Super Bowl quarter, five consecutive possessions totaling only 18 plays. What about? That 42 to 10 game, besides 35 points in the second quarter, was historic. Jack, do you remember Redskins v. Broncos? Oh. I can't say I do. Doug Williams, black quarterback, first time. Oh. Super Bowl. Yep. Yep. Doug Williams is a quarterback for Washington. And I think he was MVP, too. 42 to 10, your final. All right. Uh, it's 1257. When we come back, we need to take a look at some headlines. And then in the at the bottom of hour number two, we'll get you ready for Shockers Tulsa, Shockers Temple, men's and women's basketball, both playing on the road, but both playing at exactly the same time, six o'clock tonight. And then we'll get you ready for Amal Jack Young. Pat's lingering around here somewhere, so he'll join us then and get you ready for the pulse from two to four. Keep the text coming if you want uh, some groundhog chatter. Uh, you came to the right place. 316-247-0923. Text us there. Hour number two is straight ahead here on Wednesday. 
Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.